0: Backlog dialogues, the podcast where we take you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Ericus and Yensid to my Xehanort.
1: I'm claiming Yensid because there's no way being as messed up as Ericus. I'm Jared.
2: Well, I think again it's the voices that we're doing here. I don't know who we're having doing Yensid. I don't think we've given him any lines, but I'm definitely voicing Ericus. Anyway, I'm Matt.
0: We'll probably have Jared do Yensid because like he already can do kind of that voice anyway, because of how he was doing Anson the wise before. And Yenstein yeah. is kind of the same character, except not as shitty.
1: And how many of us have voiced Xehanort by now?
0: I, okay. You do need if to you, get a chance of voices in, or it's still Jared. We'll have to figure something out on that. Like, I
1: feel like, I, I feel like maybe the next one I can get. The yeah, next probably. one that comes by.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the there's way too many Xehanorts, too many Norts. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I used that joke too early, shit. We'll have to bring uh, it back again later.
2: <laughs> we could definitely make a, you know, a YouTube video if you had the gumption of too many Xehanorts.
1: Oh, you run out after a bit, but
2: <laughs> mm. you at least get through one cycle of the song.
0: <laughs> uh, this week, we are closing out Aqua's route. This also means that we're going to be closing out the last of regular routes of the game. Big one to this week.
2: Yes, So I actually like the ending of Aqua's Root, but I do think that they do a lot of backloading of all the cool stuff in Earth by Sleep. So the secret episode and final episode afterwards are even cooler. But I still like this because the way I played this was Aqua last. So it's kind of a roller coaster ride from here.
0: Oh, yeah. Jared, do you have any thoughts before we get into it? So, yeah, basically at
1: this point, I had to do a restart. So, about partway through um, Ventus. So, I kind of speed rushed you here. At this point, I kind of was going full tilt. I played very late into the evening, finishing up Aqua's. Well, tonight, to be honest. And while I certainly wasn't glossy over, missing anything. It just definitely felt like all the momentum had built up.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff is riding on this one. Let's get into it. So, after Neverland, Aqua's flying through space and goes into the bright light. No, not that bright light. She goes to finds herself on Destiny Islands on the Brooding Island.
2: <laughs> Here we are again on Destiny Islands. Clearly, Destiny Islands is an important place. It just seems to grab people that come by. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, what okay, what is it about this one little place that like so much weight is put on Destiny Islands that is like it's treating it as a place that is way more important than it initially seems. And I don't think they've really like, even in the series. Extrapolated on just how important Destiny Islands actually is.
2: Because almost everybody important seems to have some connection to Destiny Islands.
0: Yes. Granted, maybe an explanation awaits in one of the mobile games that we're not going to get into in this particular series.
2: Hmm. Yeah, we do. I think we probably will commit to doing Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and Dark Road.
0: After 4 has come out and we've had a bit of time to really process it.
2: Okay, we can do that. Quite possible.
0: But yeah, we're planning on wrapping this initial Kingdom Hearts series up with Melody of Memories after Kingdom Hearts 3. So, just a little bit of a preview of where we're going. And then we're moving on to something different. Anyway, Aqua's on the Destiny Islands. She sees the tree with a Poo fruit, which reminds her of the legend that inspired her Wayfinders.
1: So she's looking at hers, of course, and then we have some flat important boys run by.
0: Zora and Riku are running by, and they are in a race. Riku wins. Because Riku
2: wins all the time. <laughs> yep. When we first talked about Kingdom Hearts One, we always talked about how Riku has to be the you know the coolest of them. He's very much the Bakugo at this point.
1: Well, at this point, there's it's still at this age. I don't really sense any toxicity in it. Like, no, Riku really just seems to be positive, and, and it has a certain amount of pride in always winning. But he certainly doesn't give any sort of subtle put downs to his friend, right?
0: Two of them look up and see a pretty lady that they don't recognize.
1: They're both too young to process what to do about that in both yeah. a sarcastic and a serious sense.
0: Sora's a bit embarrassed to be meeting a girl. Keep in mind, Kyrie's not on this island yet because Kyrie is still in Radiant Garden. Yep. Aqua
1: just looks them over and just seems to be amused to see them.
2: Aqua takes one look at the two and looks at Riku and says, This boy seems so sincere, just like Terra. And this boy, looking at Sora... Uh, he he's the spitting image of Ven, and well, in theory, yeah.
0: So and also keep in mind, this is also after Terra has given uh
1: Riku. The- well, we find us. We find a second later that once yeah. again Aqua's late to the party. Yeah, yeah. She's looking. at was like, maybe one of you would be special enough. And she looks again. It's like, oh, it looks like someone's already passed the power. I wonder if it was Terra, like yeah. looking at Riku.
0: Oh no, she. I think she just distinctly recognizes. Oh shit! This is Terra's Keyblade power that's got passed on to Riku.
1: Aelor just says, was it Terra? Which well, is though someone has passed the power. I mean, it's pretty logical. The yeah. sure implications there aren't that many Keyblade Masters active right now.
2: Right, yeah. But, yeah, I, I kind of like that they're lampshading that, oh, Ventus looks a lot like Sora. And we also know that Ventus looks even more like Roxas. Who doesn't exist
1: yet
0: in any way.
2: No, but, but is an aspect of Sora in any, in any case.
0: So instead of giving the power of the Keyblade to Sora... She instead gives Sora a different goal, and I think I will probably just try and act this out by myself. Let's see if I can do that and make their voices distinct. (laughs) Someone has already passed this boy the power. Was it Terra? Sora, do you like Riku? Of course I like him. He's my best friend. Good. So then, if something happens, and Riku is about to get lost, or say, he starts wandering down a dark path alone, you make sure to stay with him and keep him safe. That's your job, Sora, and I'm counting on you to do it, okay?
1: So she pats both of her head, laughs, and then she kind of walks off. Yep. She, she And then we see, like, it's a little later, like, this, the sky's gotten darker, and she's still sitting at the brooding tree.
0: One keyblade is enough for any friendship. I learned it the hard way. I wouldn't wish our lives on those children.
2: So I think this particular scene is interesting in the fact that it kind of explains why Sora was, I guess, so attached to Riku during the earlier games. Oh yeah. Simply, simply because somebody in the past, whether he remembers that it was Aqua specifically or not, but he seems to remember that directive of, if Riku's going down a dark path, you need to stay with him and keep him safe and pull him off of that.
0: Yeah. And... But I think it's also worth noting that Riku is the one who was given the ability to wield the keyblade. Sora was yeah, not.
2: It's kind of interesting because they're they're really setting up the idea that Riku was originally supposed to be the protagonist of this story.
1: And it's clear Aqua, she's just feeling all this guilt or everything. In some way, she blames herself for being the successful one. Yeah. yeah. Like she sees Terra's problems as related to the fact that she's apparently surpassed him. And she sees Ventus' problems as that Ventus is mad at her over Terra. I mean, she keeps bringing it back on
2: herself. But we were also kind of talking about the fact that Riku is kind of being set up that originally he was kind of supposed to be the protagonist of Kingdom Hearts.
0: That's what the narrative is saying, if not the actual, like, meta of it. Yeah. Um, And it's also worth noting, like, Aqua continually blaming herself for the jealousy of her friends. Like, she sees this whole Keyblade Master thing as sort of like the thing that has driven the wedge between her and her friends now, like despite the fact that she, it's been what she's been working for her whole life and it's, but what her friends have been working for their whole lives. Like now it has become the wedge that has split them apart.
2: So we're kind of getting to a point of will Sora and Riku repeat the mistakes of the past yep. or will they somehow break this destiny? Tara Ventus And Aqua, they very explicitly draw parallels to Riku, Sora, and Kairi in the future.
0: Aqua draws as much comparison to Riku and Sora as she does to Kairi as well. Like, she is sort of like the pinnacle of Keyblade Master at this point in the story. Yeah. With all the flaws that come with that.
2: Yeah, she, in fact, I would probably say that... Out of the non-Xehanort Keyblade Masters, she's probably the most powerful at this point. We get the impression that Ericus is... I, I don't know if I would say... Maybe Ericus in his prime would be more powerful, but it seems like Terra and Aqua could probably beat him at this point.
1: I mean, Terra does beat him, but he's also using Darkness, so it's hard to say how that exactly shakes yeah. out.
2: Yeah.
0: In any case, because we completed this story, we get the Stormfall Keyblade, which is Aqua's upgraded starting Keyblade.
2: She leaves Destiny Islands because she's kind of there to take a pit stop. She just randomly found it and did something that is part of her fate there, I suppose. And so yeah. she leaves.
0: Hey, I'm just going to say right now, Destiny Islands. It's right yep. there in the name. Destiny. Yep. It's important. Mm-hmm. As she's going out through space, she finds Mickey floating alone. He's unconscious and calling out for Yensid.
1: Just sort of like murmuring or, or, or buttering. His, in, not his sleep, but his haze.
2: Yeah. Aqua knows about Yen Sid at least, so mm-hmm. Aqua you know, decides to take Mickey to the mysterious tower. Once again, she manages to resolve things. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then she's already met
1: Mickey, so she knew who he was apprenticed under. Doll and
0: Goofy are trying to awaken King Mickey. Goofy offers him some of his beer because we're bringing back that joke because now we're finally looping back around to after that re recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goofy on toast.
2: Yes. Uh, I I would definitely say now that I'm thinking about it, it does seem like a lot of the tropes associated with dwarves go with Goofy as well. And one of the tropes associated with dwarves is that they like their beer.
0: Okay. Well, what, okay. What dwarf tropes are you thinking? Because when I think of yeah. like belligerent, I think of Donald. When I think of stubborn, Donald. When I think of stubborn, I think of Donald. Uh Highly xenophobic. When I think, think a uh, so <laughs> drunkard, I think of Goofy. Yep. Only oh, because no. you decide on it, but... <laughs> I,
2: I meant in terms of, like, the combat and, you know, like, uh, the the way oh, that he approaches uh, things.
0: True. I guess you're... I, I, yeah, I guess so. Because Goofy is more of the tanky guy. He's the one who's into the tankards. hey oh Yep. <laughs> God, that's terrible. Oof. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> so, basically, we get to the, there and and uh, Yen Sid informs Aqua that Ericus has been struck down.
0: Yep. So at this point, Aqua is the last Keyblade Master as well as being one of the more powerful ones.
2: Is Xehanort is still technically a Keyblade Master, even if I guess he's a traitor one. I guess the question, do you still call a Sith a Jedi or a former Jedi or what? I don't know.
0: I think in particular the point about the Jedi and the Sith was that the Sith were diametrically opposed to the Jedi. The Jedi yeah. were a specific order of Force users. Mm-hmm. And the Sith were a different order of Force users that had, a di- that had different rules about how he could use it.
2: But it does seem like a lot of of powerful Sith were former Jedi. But, yeah.
0: I don't pay that much attention to the extended universe of Star Wars. And
2: Well, the extended it's- universe is no longer canon anyway, so...
0: Yeah. That was a good move. Fuck you, fight me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then Yen Sid goes further and says that Xehanort and Terra are responsible for striking down Ericus.
0: Yeah, Aqua is very... Unwilling to believe that, but she learns that Terra's headed to the Keyblade Graveyard, so that's where Aqua has to go to. Uh, out in the spaces between, Aqua flies through the Keyblade Graveyard.
2: The Keyblade Graveyard is probably the most cursed place in all of Kingdom Hearts lore so far. It's clearly the land
1: of like a, of a, of a horrible battle, a scar in both the earth and the land, literally, and also in the soul of the land.
2: And we all we we've we've talked about the fact that. One of the main places in the Kibid Graveyard is a crossroads as well. I'm not sure if we've talked about the fact that crossroads are considered bad omens in a lot of actual real life mythology. They're considered just as much bad luck as, or actually more bad luck and bad omens than, say, like a black cat. They're like really bad.
0: And I also note that they're X-shaped, kind of like the key. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Aqua, being Aqua, has decided that she needs to find a way to clean this mess up too. Forge a D-Link with Donald. Forge a D-Link with Goofy. Got Xehanort's report 4. And here we hey, go. thank you for taking over for me from that. <laughs> and when Kingdom Hearts is complete, it is said the one who opens this door will bring about the creation of the next world. Such as a feat above any human. Or to put it a different way, whoever opens that door will be reborn as something far greater than human. Light and darkness are two sides of the same coin. Without darkness there is no light. The Keyblade Wielder's great war over Kingdom Hearts was fought by defenders of the Light, servants of darkness, those who sought to reconcile the two, and those who, motivated by nothing more than lust for power. A whole spectrum of thought was swept into the conflict, and the worlds that did not go to war found the war brought to them. In the end, the whole world was cast into darkness. That is how the ancient Keyblade War drew to a close. To this day, no one has ever managed to open the door, To Kingdom Hearts. Some time later, the little light that remained in the hearts of the few gave rise to the world we know today. One made of many worlds behind just as many walls, so that the Keyblade War would not be repeated.
2: So here we get the idea that before the Keyblade War, all the worlds were connected going back to Kingdom Hearts 1. This world has been connected.
0: This is a different telling of the Kingdom Hearts myth. That yeah, we, yeah. That creation myth that we got. Um, it And it's important to recognize that this is not being treated as a myth by Xehanort. This is being treated as fact. This is history. what happened. This is history. Uh, whatever is behind the myth in this one, it's like, the myth is clearly a euhemorized story, but there's a real event that happened that really was this big war of darkness, and the lights of the people that remained saying that, as the myth says, children creates the world that we have right now. So what kind of world does Zador want to create, though? Like, because very specific, specifically, like, his goals are never more clear than they are right now. Xeodor just wants to become a god and make a new world. He, he totally wants to be yelled about over here. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Back when he was arguing with Erakis, he implied the whole world that if the darkness is deeper, it'll be even better light, going all Nagito on it.
2: Yep. well... <laughs> Also, going to the, you know, your greater lore theory there, I kind of feel like a lot of what Xanort is doing is motivated by the fact that he does not like the fact that essentially the world has been sequestered off behind all of these walls and disconnected right. from each other. Yeah. And he kind of feels like that limits knowledge and it limits power.
0: You might be thinking that what he wants to do is he wants to rejoin all the worlds together, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, kind of like it's 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 more more or less the idea that that it might not even be all the same worlds. It's just that if he can remake the greater world with a capital W and note that that in the report, there is worlds with a lowercase w and world with a capital W to separate between the greater world. Uh, I I think he kind of feels like, you know, the greater world, if it's all connected with each other, it might look very different. All the people would be in contact with each other, and that would create a very different sort of society, even if there's ultimately fewer people and fewer worlds out there.
0: Let's put a pin in that right now.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The Keyblade Graveyard is now open.
0: Aqua lands at the Keyblade Graveyard, overlooking the same cliff the other two did. Draws her keyblade and looks up with resolve. Three of us will always be one.
1: Terra wants to protect his friends. Like uh, Ventus is kind of worried about what he could do to hurt his friends, and Aqua just wants them together.
0: Is
2: if that we should say?
0: Aqua is just desperately trying to hold this thing together and like clean up after the messes so that there's like not going to be a problem afterwards.
2: Yeah, she really does not want to believe that Terra is capable of what she's been told that he did. Mm-hmm. and she also really does not want to believe that that she's kind of burned her bridge with Ventus as well.
0: Let's head over to the Crossroads of Tragedy for the final time. Like I think we've harped on it before, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but there is a sure. failure here of, like, it has an objective camera that shows the same thing three times. Mm-hmm. So, like, that being said, like our context for the scene is still very different, because if we think about it, Aqua has probably the least interaction within the trio of anyone here. So she actually knows very little of what's been happening.
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird because, like, Aqua knows all, I guess, the most lore, but knows the least about what the other two have been up to.
0: So she hasn't seen how much Terra and Ventus have changed over the course of the story. The last time she had anything from them at all was uh, Radiant Garden. where Basically just leaving her with, Aqua, you're terrible, and then her telling Ben to go home. So... She has the least knowledge here, which is why, like, this context is slightly different. She knows that so little has been going on, like, Tara's admission about what's been going on makes her pain words about darkness all the more poignant, I think. Mm-hmm. The two of them assuring Ven, even though Ven is looking for his end. So do we have a good picture now of this trio?
1: Yes, I would say at this point we've seen all their elements of it. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, despite us kind of harping on how bare the Disney worlds are sometimes, I think that that Aqua Terra and Ventus specifically have been characterized well throughout them. And so we know yeah. a lot about about mm-hmm. what motivates them and how they act.
0: Like I am a big fan of this trio of characters. They are. Yeah, they're incredible.
2: Yeah, like, they're re- they're really good. I, I I really feel like Nomura has a really good sense of how to create a set of characters that interact well with each other.
1: Like I certainly do enjoy te- uh, teasing Terra for his slight gullibleness, but he still is very strong and understandable.
0: You get why Terra cares so much about this because, like, he is trying to be the protective big brother. I think having the full context of all these characters now, kind of like you can understand, oh all the stupid things Terra was doing, we see how the other characters saw it.
2: I think it's uh, really easy to relate to all the characters to understand yeah, yeah, why yeah. they do what they do. Yeah. Because, like, even me, I can see pieces of myself in every one of these three. I think and I and, like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's sort of, like, the hallmark of good characters is when you can see yourself in them, no matter who or what they are. The rest of the cutscene plays out as we've seen before. Aqua's had the least interaction with Xehanort and a lot more interaction with Vanitas, so... Like, that kind of makes sense as to why her fight breakout ends up going with Benidus rather than with Xehanort.
1: Mm-hmm. She kind of knows Xehanort's behind us, but other than Taran specifically saying, like, in the repeated scene how Xehanort manipulated him to, to, to help to get Ericus destroyed, she doesn't really have direct connection with Xehanort's actions, as, as right. you were saying.
0: Aqua's fighting hard to protect both of her friends in this, this brutal and brutally unfair battle. So when fucking Bragg shows up for his fight with Aqua, it feels... Pretty crazy. I need to harp on this again. What is Brig doing here? <laughs> Why is he here?
1: He was told as part of the plan, I guess. Last we saw him, he and Xanor were still conspiring.
0: When? Who? Does he indicate that that was actually what he said?
1: Because. Well, he said I- his job was to keep you busy.
2: Yep. So. I kind of feel like Bragg is there ostensibly out of being a Xehanort henchman, but we never find out exactly how Xehanort recruited him or how he met Xehanort or anything like that. It's just kind of left to like, okay, I, I, I'm Xehanort's henchman, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, so neither Aqua nor Ven have interacted with Brag, but he acts like he's the obvious one to fight here. And mm-hmm. unlike with Ventus's story, we actually get the fight here. So let's talk about Aqua versus Brag first thing I noticed in my things I have in my notes is for some crazy reason, another side is the theme. Do You all remember other side. Which one was that? It is the theme that plays during the deep dive trailer. Oh,
2: got it. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't seem like like break is important enough for this sort of theme.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Jared? Uh, I mean, it's just
1: I don't even know how to put on that. I said the fight itself is weird.
0: I think it's one of the easier break fights.
1: He both acts like he doesn't like he doesn't care about the fight, but also it seems to indicate he knows he's completely overwhelmed. So it's not like he's just giving up or but he actually is completely beaten.
2: His style of fighting is pretty good for buying time, though, because he does play keep away. He does uh, long range attacks.
0: He's just a teleport fucker. Yep. So, yeah. And after the fight, he has a few cryptic lines he has to drop. I keep forgetting. Don't mess with Keyblade wielders. But you know what? That just means I made the right choice. Well, he wanted me to buy time, and I say he got it. Okay, so yeah, right. He was being told to buy time.
1: Mm. His whole thing is to... If you think about it, Xehanort's plan overall is first... He incapacitates Ven and throws him away, which seems like it was something he planned to do because he, he created that massive plateau to get them separated. And throughout the fight, they're clearly separating them. And then he's and then once he and he gets Terra's full attention, he sends Venitas to quite audibly saying, Go kill the other two. And then so that he needed enough time for to get Terra in position where he can't help. Right. And then Venus mm-hmm. has to come. Kind of, otherwise, it keeps Aqua from either helping Ventus and also uh, joining Terra.
0: Question, though, what is Bragg saying when he says he made the right choice?
1: Well, I know don't, don't mess with Keyblade Masters and the scariest one of all is the one I'm working with.
2: Yeah, and also, I believe there was the one line when we first met Bragg in this in this game where Lee, he said that Xehanort was going to give him the power to use a Keyblade if he uh, at the end of this whole thing.
1: No, he uh, implied he was trying to blackmail Terra for his Keyblade. I'm really just mm-hmm. saying he's the stronger Keyblade Master, so I picked the, the right Keyblade to work for. Gotcha.
0: Okay, then. Now Ven is currently encased in the ice. This is still, like, as that has happened.
1: Yeah, and Venitas comes down, strikes Ock strikes, uh, from behind again, so this time we lose track of what happens in the scene.
0: Yeah, yeah knock she knocks knocks out. was knocked. Yeah. As she's floating in a void, she mulls over Ven's words to put an end to him. And as she comes to her senses, Mickey is watching over her.
2: So then she realizes that Ventus is in danger. She looks up to the cliff to see Ventus holding the key blade. Mm-hmm.
1: Just kind of standing there, non-responsive. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey realizes that what the hell it is just in time to stop Vanitas from killing Aqua with it. Right.
1: Yeah. That's not
0: him. Yeah. Remember back to the end of Ventus's route where we were fighting Vanitas inside Ventus's heart. Time for the other side of that
2: fight. This is what's happening on the outside, yeah. yeah. Like, this is really cool. Which implies that Vanitas is kind of split in
1: both fights. Makes you wonder yeah. if, that, if he was more, even more dangerous with the Keyblade mm-hmm. if he wasn't, oh. like, kind of um, doubled up here.
2: Another thing that's interesting, too, is that it kind of seems to me like Vanitas is way more powerful here in the Keyblade graveyard than he was in any of the Disney worlds where he accosted the other characters. I think that might be because, like, you know, his power uh, and the power of the unversed is kind of, I guess it's anathema to the worlds themselves. So here in the Keyblade Graveyard, which technically does not exist inside of a living world where people live, might Mm. be more powerful here. Mm. Interesting. That's my guess anyway. It's
1: really hard to say. We know that the Keyblade in some ways is incomplete because inside Ventus's heart, it's corroded because Ventus is still fighting. It's Mm -hmm. appearing in its full form here, but you gotta say, like, Veneas, only part of his, his heart is focused. Mm-hmm. It's possible that the Vanitas and the exterior isn't fully aware of what's happening.
0: I do wonder about that.
1: So, regardless,
0: Vanitas goes on a bit of a lore rant. Let's go into that right now.
1: Yeah, it's like it starts and, with Vanitas' voice, starts echoing and blurring between them. Correct. I am, I am not, not Ventus. Ventus. His,
0: His heart, heart has become, become a, a part
1: of, part of mine, mine
2: now. now. This, this keyblade key will open, open a door, a door one, one that leads to all worlds. All worlds. Then, Then, Keyblade-bearing warriors will will flock here from each and and every one of them them to battle battle for the light within Kingdom Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. And And just just like like the legend says, the Keyblade Keyblade War will begin. begin.
0: Shut up. I'm sick of your nonsense. Give Ventus heart back.
2: Then we have the actual fight, which is Aqua versus Venetus Ventus.
0: Yeah. Like, let's talk a little bit about what this looks like right now. We've got Ventus's head on the muscle suit body with yellow eyes rather than the usual blue eyes that Ventus has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty weird-looking thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's very dissonant from from a lot of the other visuals. We get Mickey teaming up for this fight, though.
0: I, I have in my notes, why does this fight continue to assume Aqua needs to team up with people? <laughs> or why does this game continue to assume Aqua needs to team up with people? Did you notice that, too, when you were playing? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Aqua has the most team-ups of any character. I guess Ventus has a team-up with Mickey against Vanitas earlier. I
1: don't know. I mean, I almost feel like it's more. She, Aqua never seems to ask people to help, but people help her. It's almost like she draws them better to her.
0: That might be mm. the case. Like, I, I feel like that's the best way of looking at it. And Mickey
1: does tend to want to. He, he immediately wants to help you, too. He doesn't like to stand back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mickey is a very in the prey type person.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a game mechanic in Kingdom Hearts 2, right? So yeah,
0: jumping in to help you. But he never kills. Your job. <laughs> So the battle theme for this fight is the key, which is a very dramatic and large theme. I forget exactly what what light motifs it pulls in. Uh, Do you remember?
1: The key is a expansion of key of light and key of darkness, two themes from earlier.
0: Mm. And it also pulls in a bit of dearly beloved, doesn't it?
2: It seems Uh, to like have like the first few bars of it. Remember when the other ones are used, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of an epic uh, kind of classic piano sort of thing that pulls yeah. from a lot of different leitmotifs.
0: Yeah. It, I don't think it's as memorable for me as um, Unbreakable Chains, but that's just because the moment surrounding Unbreakable Chains is much bigger and yeah. uh, the leitmotifs of that are much clearer. But this is still a very suitable like final theme for Aqua specifically.
1: Actually, Aqua probably has the least specific of them, but it is kind of the one that's the... The motifs, were, I think Key of Lane, Key of Darkness are both, like, big parts of the world itself.
2: Right, right. It's similar to the other Vanitas fights, uh, or the Vanitas fight that Ven had at the end, right? With When he was with the, key, the Keyblade?
0: I mean, this fight is probably the most simple of the three endgame fights. Uh, like, you can team up with Mickey again for big magic blast attacks. And that's how I ended up finishing this fight, which was kind of cool. Fair enough. Although I think I was also like super high leveled at this point because I'd actually done a lot of endgame stuff already. Oh
1: yeah, it's it's certainly not difficult to get to get to that point.
0: Yeah. After the fight, Vinitus and the Keyblade are still as powerful as advertised, and he just gets to knock the two away.
1: You have the fight, and then you apply that he's it's things it's getting worse. You almost wonder if things are getting more dire in the other side.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he asks if Aqua's giving up already, and Aqua. Just considers her own wayfinder.
2: Yeah, he's probably getting more powerful as the fight, in the internal fight progresses.
1: Yeah. I do think shattering Ven's platform is, is, is what's going to start breaking Ven's mind,
2: mm-hmm. if you think mm-hmm. about it. It's definitely a metaphor f- for Ventus's internal world as being.
0: But let's keep in mind the wayfinder, which is a symbol of the power of friendship, begins to glow, which causes a- Aqua's Keyblade to glow. And so when the Keyblade clashes with her own. Blowing Keyblade. The power of friendship overcomes that edgy blade.
1: My belief is that this is, is coincided with what happened inside. Of
0: course. Yeah, it's got to. It, this has to have, be happening at the exact same moment that Ventus finishes off the internal Vanitas with that big clash.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, doesn't he actually crack the internal Keyblade here?
0: Yeah. So this has to be like happening at the
1: exact well, same time. The internal keyblade was already corroded and he destroys it when he when he breaks there. And, and then the keyblade takes its corroded form out here in the in the outer world before it vanishes. Yep. Yeah.
2: I kind of like the whole thing with the ethereal keyholes rising from the ground as blasts of light erupt from the keyblade. It almost makes me think of some of the creepier moments from the alchemy and full metal alchemists when fighting against, uh, you know, the divine beings in the end. I'm curious about the metaphor of the small keyholes are the keyblade might have the power to unlock all of these small hidden keyholes that are not actually visible to you normally that, you know, unlocking small truths and small uh, and and uh and, you know, think bits of power, which is one of the reasons why Xehanort probably wants it. He's that lore-obsessed guy. He wants to have all of these these hidden truths.
0: Yeah. Aqua catches Ventus by the hand, and Explosion of Light expands, filling the entire Keyblade graveyard. God, Xehanort's report seven! <laughs> <laughs> by the way,
1: one little bit thing about the music. I looked up these sources. Key of Light plays during some strange moments, like when Ventus's heart heals at the start. Oh, yeah. Okay. The key of darkness plays at Erika's demise and the break of that world, and a few other places as well. So those are again, the, it. it's it's moments, it's moments of hope and tragedy, and both of those are coming together to the key itself.
0: Got it. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just get into Zeno's report number seven then. I have uncovered the Keyblade's ultimate mystery. You see, besides the three families of Keyblades, there is another Keyblade. While it may sound the same when spoken, it is notated uniquely: Keyblade. And make no mistake, while it resembles a normal Keyblade, it is something altogether different. Keyblades are said to be man-made counterparts to Kingdom Hearts. The Keyblade, however, coexists with Kingdom Hearts. It is only forged when two hearts of equal power intersect. One heart of pure darkness, one heart of pure light. At the time of its forging, Kingdom Hearts appears. It must be noted, though, that this Kingdom Hearts is special. Unlike the kingdoms brought about by forcibly and artificially through collection of hearts, this Kingdom Hearts is a perfect and complete union of all the world's hearts. Surely it was over this that the ancient Keyblade War was fought. If so, the walls that divide the worlds today are of little consequence. With the Keyblade, all their hearts could be instantly reunited. And the Keyblade War refought.
2: So I actually find this one really interesting because it brings me to mind of a lot of the stuff with classical alchemy and other esotericisms out there where a very common motif or theme of the secrets of these mystery religions was that a perfect being must be both male and female and contain both light and darkness, that sort of thing, because a perfect being has to encompass the whole of reality and experience.
0: So the other thing about the thing that makes me think about that kind of esoteric thing is like this idea that there is the imperfect copies of a perfect form, like uh, the artificial kingdom hearts notice that he's self tweeting future himself there with that, uh, (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. he's he's basically making fun of future hymns with that. I noticed, like, he's like, oh, yeah, what what uh, Ansem, the Seeker of Darkness, and Xemnas are doing? Yeah, that's total fake shit. This is the real shit right here. But yeah. also, there's a whole lot of Gnostic, uh, esoteric weirdness going on with, how, with mm-hmm. all of uh, his goals here.
2: There's also, you know, a bit of people who have watched Evangelion might recognize the whole thing at the end with the Keyblade. All hearts could be instantly reunited. You know, we're all in the, the LCL goo. Everybody is... Uh, oh, dear. Uh, Everyone's in our orange tank. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, but, so, so there's a little bit of that, too. I kind of feel like, you know, it's a possibility that Xehanort's end goal might be to essentially... Unite all hearts in this way And he feels that If he's the one who opens the door He's the one who's going to be At the front of this whole zeitgeist
0: So what you're saying is that He's trying to cause the heart Instrumentality project
2: Yep. Oh
1: dear It's better than trying to path to heaven That you'll soon learn That Poochie wants to do (laughs) Oh
2: no It's kind of interesting That a lot of the things we talk about Have these similar themes Because a lot of us like the This Kind, these kind of Gnostic themes uh, well, overall. Yeah,
1: here's the thing. I mean, like, dude, i play Persona 5 Strikers. We meet the new character's name is Sophia. I, yes. It's waving a flag in your
0: face. Like, <laughs> let's be clear here. Like, there's cases where it's clearly intentional, like in Persona. And then there's cases where it's not intentional, but it happens anyway. Because <laughs> when a Japanese person looks into uh, Christianity and they start, like, digging into the mythology, this is what they find. Because that's what's mm. in there. That's where it comes from. And like you see all these – there's a whole lot of other stories that sort of like delve into the same sort of false reality, real reality, uh, Gnostic thing as well. Like Mm -hmm. because that's just a common anxiety of people, if I'm being honest. It's
2: it's it's, compelling.
0: It's compelling. it, It comes up over and over again because it like reflects a lot of the ideas that people have.
2: Yeah, I mean there, there there's a reason why the the mystery religions were so widespread back in the day before they before essentially they were suppressed by the uh, hegemony of the religious order in uh in uh in Europe.
0: I have all most of the things I could say, but I'd probably get uh. Yeah,
1: it's for, probably uh, a little bit too yeah, far into we'll, topics that won't yeah, be, it won't be enjoyable. Hmm. The topics yeah. that
0: maybe. Yep, yeah, let's get let's get on with this. We're almost at the end of this episode, actually.
1: Can I just say one thing? I continue to be entertained by Xehanort trying to make a point of how to say and pronounce Keyblade. Yes. Yeah. yeah it right. reminds me of all things of Rift Tracks when they did the movie Night of the Lepus about evil rabbits. They made a running joke is they're really leaning on the fact that Lepus means rabbits, because we the title did not test well. <laughs> <laughs> Lepus
0: means rabbits. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why no, no, I've I always checks. tried to emphasize key when I'm talking about the Keyblade.
0: I I mean,
1: it's the Keyblade is the key item to be the key to the world.
0: Yep. We don't have subtitles because this is an audio medium, so yeah, we kind of have to emphasize <laughs> the key. If we're no,
1: I, key give me I I give me a few more seconds. I, I could probably I make that. Give me a few more seconds. I probably could have made that sentence even worse. Oh no! Go for it. <laughs> The keyblade is the key keyblade, a key item to, to of all the keys that w- is key to his plan to um unlock the keyhole of the world. <laughs> it's oh, the no. key keyblade is probably my favorite of those stupid stupid jokes.
0: <laughs> it's made of two keyblades.
2: Yep. One other thing that's kind of interesting here with uh with the the kingdom hearts is that I guess it's somehow connected to all hearts, including all the world's hearts, but also, therefore, every person's heart as well. It's a quantum thing where it exists here, but all the hearts also exist independently as well.
0: Look, it is, it is. I would say, if we're going to the Gnostic uh, pool of references, it is the modad. It is the single thing from which all things emanate.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you can get a hold of it, you can totally do the same things that it does. But you'll probably just end up being a Demiurge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, the kind of interesting thing here is that where it's kind of implying as well that whoever created the lesser Keyblades is kind of acting as a Demiurge for the true nature of the Kingdom Hearts and the Keyblade.
0: Boy, there's a lot of backstory to all this stuff that even Xehanort doesn't know about, it feels like.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if in Kingdom Hearts 4 or something, they might start going into the origin of the Kingdom Hearts and the Keyblade.
0: I feel like some of that's also going to be in uh, Union Key and Key Dark Road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Aqua wakes up at Yance's Tower.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's like, I feel like there was big, big strange discussions about everything, and but it just happens. Yes, yeah.
0: Like, uh, I, I just want to get this moving a bit.
2: <laughs> no sign, no sign of Terra.
0: Yeah, we did see Mickey
1: like pick up the two of them floating in the lanes, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is after the cutscene at the end of Ventus's mm-hmm. story. So there's no sign of Terra. And Aqua tries to wake up Ventus, but he won't wake up. Let's get into this. So I think we're going to have you be Yen Jared. Jared.
1: Yep. All right. I don't know if I will sound different from my, uh, from my Diz and that's me, and the Yen Sin, but I'll try.
0: Hey, hmm. they're basically the exact same voice. Yeah,
1: I just, well, they're similar. I just don't know how much I agree about that, you know?
0: <laughs> it's a deep old man voice tries to sound wow. distinguished. <laughs> Maybe try and make it a bit more distinguished sounding than a bit yeah. less Christopher Lee sounding. Hmm. Anyway,
2: yeah, because Christopher Lee does have kind of like the scumbag edge to him when he's playing Diz, which is appropriate.
0: But Yen is just basically all old wizard coolness.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> of all course, right. there's one thing I want to check quickly. Um, yeah, they're both Corey Byrne. Fucking hell. Nice, nice. <laughs> Once it stops being Christopher Lee, they're both Corey Burton.
0: Nice. Nailed it. <laughs>
1: All right, go ahead, and Aqua starts after Jensen says the heart is sleeping. When will he wake? I could not say. It is almost as though his heart has left. Should it return, he may very well wake. Should it not, then he may sleep like this for all eternity.
0: No. I'll keep him safe until he wakes. Forever if I have to.
1: I will tell you what your friend needs right now. is not your protection he needs you to believe you see ventus's heart hangs in the balance it sleeps in the place between light and darkness from all i can perceive that means he will be looking for a friend one who believes in him to show him the way home just as long as you love him then ventus will be able to find you when he wakes he can follow that love back to where he belongs, the Realm of Light.
0: Oh, don't you worry, Aqua. I believe in ben too. Gosh, he's been as good a friend to me as anybody. And if both you and me believe in him with all our hearts, then he'll have two lights to follow instead of one. Three lights. Terra. But Terra's gone. Maybe for good. I think I know how to find him.
2: Credits. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there's a bit more to Birth by Sleep, but this is the end of the how to say That's the the, main the, three, game. Paths yeah, the three, three paths of the three paths is
1: how I'd put it. Now you, Uh-oh. what's next is what comes after you finish the pass. What you unlock next?
0: And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I went for completion again because uh. that has become my lot in life. And. <laughs> It is time that we come to the point where, like, as much as I love Birth by Sleep, and I do think the story is incredible, <laughs> do not play this game for completion, folks. <laughs> I, I came away from this game with an extremely toxic relationship for it, which we'll get into next week, and you will understand <laughs> why it got me to go a bit nutty.
2: I kind of yeah. feel like like, some of the Kingdom Hearts games are better for completionizing than others. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 actually strikes a very good balance.
0: Yeah. I would say that the side games are way worse for completion than the main games. Yeah. Like, I had fun with Kingdom Hearts 2's completion. I did not have fun with Birth by Sleep's completion. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. And I have stuff to say about Dream Drop Distance as well, but that's a season down the line. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, with that being said, I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlog dialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release.